If you want to support the show, you can go to mwpnews.com support, where you can pick up my latest book, Succession Planning, and all my other books that have previously been released on Kindle for only $2.99 each. Thank you. Good, <clears throat> wow, good morning, and welcome to 30-Minute Reviews. I am Adam. We have a packed episode today. On top of our normal news, which we have a bunch of this week, we also have a, a preview, which is going to be tacked on to the end of the episode for Dune Part 2, which I went to see yesterday. Um, and then we also have a review of... Um, We'll be discussing the Deadpool 3 trailer, which I'm recording this. I always record this at around noon on on Sunday morning. That way I can get it done and, and have it up for Monday morning. Um, so I, the trailer isn't out yet as of recording. The trailer has not been released, which is not typical. Usually they... Let me just double check one more time just to make sure it hasn't been put out yet. Because sometimes Marvel will put, that, put the trailer out before the big event, so that way they have time. Um... No, they have not put the trailer out yet. Um, okay, so, yeah, we'll just deal with that. So, let's dive into the news stories. Uh, let's start out with the the big Xbox news that was kind of pervasive early in last week. Xbox is bringing some of their titles to third party. Uh, I mean, and to, th- to third party, I mean, what I mean by that is they're going to be bringing some of their bigger titles to PlayStation and Switch. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves will be moving to Switch and PS5, while some of their bigger games like Starfield will be going to PS5. Now, this is a complex issue, and I think that... I don't think Xbox will be getting out of the console market anytime soon, because I think Xbox has, since the previous generation, the, the, uh, the Xbox One generation, Microsoft has had aspirations about your Xbox being a a part of an ecosystem in your house where it's like I want to watch TV, I want to stream, I want to play video games. I want to do it all within this one app. And I want to do it all with this one box and that's what they want your Xbox to be. So I I think that that's kind of where they are and and they 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 kind of want you to to do that. I I do understand a little bit of bringing your games to other consoles. Because here's the thing, it's like, at this point, people are so entrenched in the consoles they play. Like, last generation I had both a PS4 and an Xbox One, but that was more because the Xbox, I bought a PS4 early on in the, in the, uh, in the, in, in the, in the generation, and that model of PS4 didn't have a Blu-ray, pl- a 4K Blu-ray player in it. So I went to buy a 4K Blu-ray player at, at Best Buy, and the guy was like, well, why don't you just buy an Xbox One? It's $50 cheaper, and you get a free game, so I got that in Rare Replay. I've talked about that before, but, like, yeah, I had both. I have no intention of buying an Xbox Series X, um, and, and part of that is the fact that anything that is Xbox-exclusive, quote-unquote, is going to be available on Game Pass Day 1 um, for, me to pay, for me to play on PC. Because um, I got a pretty, you know, beefy gaming laptop, so I, why do I need to play a game on, 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 you know, on an Xbox, if I can do it with an Xbox controller on my PC. Now, there is some 
hesitancy I have towards this. Because as someone who doesn't have an Xbox, I like this. As someone who enjoys playing video games, I would look at this with caution. Because there is a case to be made that this could be the beginnings of the steps where Xbox leaves the the console wars, so to speak. Because I see this as a possibility where Xbox, you know, does Xbox still exist 10 years down the line if their games are coming on other consoles and also on PC? What purpose do you have to make a physical Xbox? Especially if the app is going to be available on some of the beefier TVs and you can just stream the games if that's where the industry is going. The... the it, it's a it's a it's a tricky question, and if that's the case that we don't have Xbox anymore, by the time we get to the PS6 or the PS7, if there isn't a viable console competition out there, what's to stop PlayStation from jacking up their prices? And there there's my big concern, is it's the antitrust implications of this, um, because let's be honest, like we say that. The Switch is a is a, a major home console too, but it's not competing for the same space that the the what's it called the PlayStation and the Xbox are. You're not buying a Switch for top of the line hardware. You're buying it for its games, and it has no intention of going third party. It's very much like I, I know you're gonna sound dismissive, but like the Leaf Pad from back in the day, where it's like the the you know the People who are around my age will probably remember it was this, it was this little book thing that you would buy from Leapfrog, and you'd open it up, and it came with these little books, and and you would, you know, you'd play those on it. It couldn't do anything else; it just played those games. Um, and, and to that end, I think there's an issue where it's like if Nintendo is in its its own little niche, and it kind of exists outside the scope of the console wars as a whole. The war is really between Sony and Microsoft, and if Microsoft falls out. That leaves Sony in a position where they can just say, we don't need to worry about incrementation, or, um, well, incrementation, like, iteration, and making our, our games better. We don't have to worry about, you know, making our games, you know, where else are you going to buy a console if you can't buy, if you're going to buy, you know, what, are you going to buy an Xbox? Oh, wait, they don't make those anymore, so we can jack it up to $700, we can jack the price of games up. And granted, look, I don't think Microsoft's ever going to get in, out of the business of making games. We will always have Microsoft Game Studios making games because it's lucrative for them. And because you can sell it on PC, there's always going to be a place to buy it. The The issue comes in in the space where it's like, well, what about the, you know, the 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 Xbox kind of, like, the, the physical console and how what impact does removing one of the players from the console wars have? And I don't really know what the answer to that is. Um, in an age where industry consolidation is the norm, I'm not particularly thrilled about this development. Um, but as some as as a player, like look, as a player, if you're if you're an Xbox player, you should not be mad that more people are playing the games. Because if more people are playing the games, it means it's more likely you're going to get more games later. Because it means there's more interest in it. Like this is a net benefit for you, and you'll even get it a few months early. But you don't need to sit there and worry about, you know, oh, well, what about me? Like, well, you have your stuff. Like, it doesn't take yours away. Other people being able to play it doesn't make yours any lesser. Um, and it's just kind of like, just, you know, if, if you, you know, if this, if this harms your ability to play the game, 
the fact that someone on a different console can play it, that's more says more about you than it does about Microsoft. And in fairness, I say the same thing about Sony. Like, all of Sony's exclusives end up on PC. They don't end up on Xbox consoles, and they never end up on Switch, because the Switch can't handle PlayStation first-party exclusives. But God of War ends up on the Switch. Next month, we're getting, um, you know, Horizon um, Horizon Forbidden West, the Game of the Year edition on the... Well, it's like, it didn't win Game of the Year, but it's the, you know... If I won some Game of the Year, but the, the, the complete collector's edition is going to PC... Um, God of War will be coming at some point. We just got God of War 2018. Sackboy's Big Adventure came to PC. Uh, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, you know. All these major games get their releases on PC. The Last of Us. And, and what this does is it tells you, like, look. There's, there's money to be had selling these to people who wouldn't buy a console to play it. Like, at this point, if you're not buying a, a, a if you're not gonna buy an Xbox, if you're not gonna buy a, like... At this point, if you're not going to buy an Xbox for the games, you're not going to buy it. So why not put the games where someone will buy it? It kind of makes sense. Um, but onward to our next story. Uh, our next story is there's a new Oscar category coming in 2026 for movies coming out in 2025. And this category is Best Casting. I know. We've been talking about Oscar categories for a long time and what categories should be added. We... This is never one that's brought up, Best Casting. Maybe it was back in, like, the early 2010s. But, I here's the thing. There's too many ambiguities about this, because they haven't established rules yet. They're going to establish rules next year going into 2020... Or this year going into 2025, so eligibility for 2025 and 2026 is clear. Because uh, the 2026 Academy Awards is the first time they're giving it out. And they're going to establish the rules. But there are a few fundamental questions I have. Number one, does it have to be someone who's cast for the first... Th- 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 let's just get that out of the way. This feels like a way to give Oscars to big movies and adaptations. Because fundamentally, you have... Like, how do you judge best casting in a movie if there isn't a pre-existing media to base it on? If there isn't a pre-existing movie that's being remade, a pre-existing video game, a pre-existing TV show, a pre-existing... Anything like that. How- what basis do you have to judge that on? It, it's not a, a clear-cut, like, well, this is a good choice to have this guy here, or it's an, uh, unless it's, like, an unconventional choice. It's like, I wouldn't have thought that would have worked, but it worked out, which, like, I, I'm trying to think of an example of that in recent years, but it is what it is. Um, is it for specific acting choices, choosing specific actors or actresses, or is it specifically for the entire cast? Is this an excuse to give Sarah Haley Finn an Academy Award? When the uh, Oscar nominations for Fantastic Four come out uh, for, the, for, for that because of that. Is it going to give uh, whoever's doing the casting for, for Superman Legacy? Because those are both coming out in 2025. So would be eligible um, for this. Um, and then the question is, like, is it just for existing cast or is it all cast? And if it is all cast, like, say we're doing it for uh, Spider-Man... Um, Spider-Man 4, which will probably have J.K. Simmons coming back as J. Jonah Jameson. Um, do we have to include every casting director who was involved in this process? The casting director for Tom Holland, the casting director for the rest of the side people, like, say that we have Daredevil show up in that. Do we have to include the casting director from, from the Netflix shows? Uh, if J. Jonah Jameson shows up, do we have to include the, the casting director who at that point will have casted um, 
J.K. Simmons 25 years prior. Like, all of these things are kind of weird. And then it, you get into the situation where it's like, if it's just for one, it's like, so is the person who cast Amanda Waller in 2020, or 2016, 2015 for Suicide Squad eligible if she appears in Superman Legacy? And then is that just they're always available to be nominated? Like, this is a category that is fraught with issues, and I don't think you would have needed to do this. Like, there are other ways to get similar things. If you do Best Ensemble Cast, you're doing basically the same thing. Because, let's be honest, saying Best Actor or Best Actress or Best Supporting Actor or Best Supporting Actress, that is basically saying this is the best casting of the year. You're giving an award for the best casting because that actor or actress did the best job in that position for the year. It's, it's not saying, like, oh, we do, we're do we doing this in a way that's going to make it, you know... It's just glorifying the producer who did it to begin with. And if you look at, like... Okay, so, all of that's the case. But, like, if you just do Best Ensemble Cast, that is Best Thing. And if you call it Best Ensemble Cast instead of Best Casting, you can give the award to the casting director... But then it'd feel weird, so you have to give it to the to the, the cast, and they don't want to do that. They don't want to give that many Oscars out, um, I don't think. Because, obviously, there's no reason why the Academy Awards are not just, like, fucking Grammys now, where it's like you throw in all this other stuff. And then there's the other issue of why this and not, like, Best Debut Performance, um, Best Directorial Debut, Best, um, Best Ensemble Cast, Best Choreography. Like, there are so many other categories that would have been better to introduce. And then on top of that, to introduce, this is the first new category since they introduced Best Animated Feature over 20 years ago, close to 25 years ago at this point. And this comes after you took away a category by getting by merging sound editing and sound mixing into one category, which is not the case at all. It feels like, you know, we talk about the, uh, the Academy trying to diversify and the Academy trying to get more diverse members in. You're, you're, you're limiting technical awards adding another award for producer and not doing you know other and not doing things that would bring in more diverse members of the academy like stunt work and 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 you know more technical stuff it, it just kind of feels weird it, it feels like an odd choice to do that um especially in a year where we're coming off of a sag strike we're coming off of a like we're coming out of a sag strike and you're, you decided the best thing to do now was to create a new Academy Award category that's never been done before, glorifying the producer who does the casting. It's a questionable decision, at best. And then you have the, the WGA strike, and then we also have the Animation Guild and IATSE potentially striking this year. It's just an odd choice all around. Um, but, yeah, I'm not thrilled about this category, uh, and we'll see how this plays out when, when we get the actual rules. Uh, our next two stories are kind of related. They all came from a Disney investor call. Uh, let's start with uh, Disney making a $1.5 billion, with a B, dollar investment in Epic Games and Fortnite in an effort to uh, fortify their metaverse uh, offerings. I, I get this, um, and I think what we're going to end up with is the idea of the metaverse, quote-unquote, as it's been portrayed is going to end up being, you know, I think Fortnite is the metaverse. 
at this point. And this is coming from the guy who, back when Fortnite was launching with the new Battle Royale mode, I was like, don't worry about this game. This game, this game does not sound great. No one's going to like it. I'm not sure what the big deal is, why it's a major release. And, and look at how wrong I was. I, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm wrong sometimes. Um, that said, the next part of this, we, we had something that I was right about. Um, and I think that, like, Disney investing this much money in Fortnite is very smart, considering how much Fortnite has done with their Lego stuff recently and how well that worked out. Um, I think this is a, a, a better idea than, like, Go or, like, what was the other thing they did? Or, like, uh, trying to get into augmented reality. Um, and I think that rather, this is also a smart play. instead Because obviously everyone wants that perpetual money stream. That's where we are now. This world of everything needs to be infinite growth. The issue is, and, and this is why we have a lot of video game companies going through layoffs right now, everyone wanted infinite growth. Everyone wanted to have these games that were just going to continually print money for the rest of eternity. Um, and those are live service games, games that come out once, you may not, may or may not pay up front, but there's a battle pass or something like that that's going to continually have people paying money into it, and they're going to continue using it month after month after month. Um, so, this is the smart move where you buy into an existing framework or an existing ecosystem, and then you kind of move in from there. You're like, we're going to expand our stuff in here. We're going to put a bunch of Disney shit in here. You're going to pay to get into it, but you're already in Fortnite, so it's all good. It's not the same as Suicide Squad, which is launching as a, look, we're our own thing. I think that had they, you know, like, that's the big issue, is that we have all of these things where it's like, we're going to have try and have six of these. The problem is the player has a finite amount of time, and they don't want to jump between various games to play with their friends. They want to do it all in one place, which is why Fortnite has a staying power. It does. It's all in one hub, and you can do it all in one place. So therein lies kind of the issue that we're at with this. Uh, this 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 issue of how do we sustain this, and, and I think that Disney putting their money into... Fortnite is kind of the best way to handle that. Um, if they if they want to get that live service money, this is the way to do it. Instead of trying to make their own game, and 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 try to hope they can monetize it the same way that other studios have been able to, and but more often than not, other studios have been unable to. Um, because for every Fortnite, there are five or six that have gone under already, uh, which is a substantial problem in the game industry as a whole. Um, and then we get to movie releases. And the dire release, the, the dire state of this release slate. So, for starters, we have Moana 2, which is coming out this November. Now, you'll probably remember uh, we did the movie draft a few weeks back, at the beginning of the year. And it's one of those things where it's like, they announced Moana 2, and I was like, it's coming this November. I was like, did we even know Moana 2 was, was happening? And the answer was no. Moana 2 was never confirmed to be happening. They were working on a Moana sequel TV show on Disney+. Plus. But that's been reworked into this movie. The other thing is, apparently they have not contracted um, the the actress who played Moana, um, Ali Caravallo, um, or The Rock, to return yet. And it is February. Um, and, and and the thing is, too, is like when I saw this, I was like, I went back and looked at the list I gave Peter, and I was like, because when we do the movie draft, to make it easier, um, I just make a list of all the eligible movies that are coming out this year. And then I, I send it over to him. I'm like, here are the movies you can pick off of this list. That way we have, you know, we have kind of, we're working off kind of the same list here. Um, and all the major releases. And there was no major Disney release in November of this year. Uh, until, because I would have put that on there. Untitled Disney event film. 
or Disney animation film would have been on that list um, because that is something that we would have been able to pull from. It's questionable, and it feels like they they've now put the two leading cast members in a position where they can strong arm Disney into getting massive paydays and good for them, um, while also making Disney out to be the bad guy if they recast them. And that's an issue uh, for Disney. You can't make these announcements until you have the cast members signed for the seat. It's, it's such a dumb decision. Uh, but that's number one. Number two, we also have Inside Out 2 this year. Uh, so let's keep that in mind for, for a little bit of a, um, what's it called? For a little bit of a, a, a frame of reference for where we are. Um, then next year, in 2025, uh, we have Avatar 3 coming in December. That's our big December movie next year. Uh, and Zootopia 2 coming in November. Now... I do have a question about this. Let me just bring up the question. And never mind, because it's Blade, and Blade has been moved to, uh, what's it called? Blade has been moved to November of next year. So never mind. Not an issue. Um, because it's, it's, it's a, it's a four-film release late next year with, uh, Captain America in February. So about a year from now, we have Captain America in, um, in, in May, Fantastic Four, in, like, July, Thunderbolts, and in, uh, what's it called? in, uh, what was the other one? In November Blade. So that that's how that's going. Um, the question revoked. Um, now, do I think that Zootopia 2, I, I think Avatar 3 is going to put up numbers, especially if it can do what Avatar 2 did, um, which is look as good as it did, um, and, and not feel derivative. My issue becomes, like, with these releases so close together, is there a law of diminishing returns in play where it's like Avatar 2 made as much money as it did because it was so close to Avatar 1, because it was so far from Avatar 1, and it looked so much better? Um, and how much better could this movie look? We will see next year, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. Zootopia 2, I never saw Zootopia. I'm not super, you know, knowledgeable about Zootopia. Um, I don't think there was necessarily a need for a sequel. Um... But Zootopia 2 is happening, um, from what I've read. Um, then comes 2026. Toy Story 5 and Frozen 3. And herein lies the big issue with this. And also in 2026, we are also getting um, Mandalorian and Grogu in May. Um, taking that May we have our first confirmed date. Mandalorian and Grogu is that May 2026 release date. Now, I am... Number one concerned about the fact that they're giving this movie such a long time to develop. Um, if they're shooting this year, why is this movie May 2026 besides the fact that you've overstacked next year with Marvel and you don't want to step on your toes next year? This does not fit. You would have been better off moving them, like, you would have been better off reshuffling the release late again. But the issue is. I think that you're inherently going to invite people questioning the process when you give a release slate this far out and you give this much stuff that needs to get done in this movie. Like, there's there's going to be a, a inherent, oh, well, why are they doing reshoots? Why did they work? And it's, they worked in reshoots. Um, and, and granted, there's always a possibility this movie doesn't make that date. 
Because I've seen more Star Wars movies not make their dates than make their dates. Which is a problem for Lucasfilm. Um, and the same goes for Indiana Jones. And granted, there was a pandemic, but, you know, Star Wars was happening without that. Um, so regardless, you know, we will see how that plays out. Now, the issue I have is this idea that Disney is redoubling all of their efforts into sequels. Toy Story 5. How many movies, how many movie franchises get to the fifth movie and it still work? And then Frozen 3, it's like, okay, but why? And will Frozen still have the same cachet in 2026 as it did in, in, in 2019? And I think part of the issue is, like, look at the development cycles between Frozen and Frozen 2. Frozen 2 being the first theatrical sequel that Disney has done to one of their, their theatrical movies. They had never done that before. And yeah, it worked. They made a lot of money. But will Frozen 3 be something people want to go see in 2026? I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be an audience for that. And, and, and the issue is, it's like, Encanto got a sizable amount of interest from people. And then the other issue is, too, it's like, part of why Toy Story and its sequels worked is that 1 and 2 came out reasonably close together. 3 came out so much farther down the line, the, the, the audience had time to age up with the cast. Or, or with the characters. So, Andy is aging with the characters. And then 4 comes along and it's like, alright, I guess this is a good send-off. But how many good send-offs does this franchise need? Like, how many good send-offs do we need to give these characters in this in this thing? And 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 in honesty, is the Toy Story franchise even going to do anything? Because Lightyear couldn't get people in seats. And that's not even... Like, here's the thing. If a movie is bad in a franchise, you end up with the Batman v Superman box office. And what I mean by that is, the first weekend was fucking through the roof. And then it drops off precipitously from there. Because that means that what happened was people went and saw the movie, and then were like, told people, don't go see this movie. That's not what happened with Lightyear. And granted, Lightyear came at the end of the pandemic, and people were still, con- or at the end of what we consider the pandemic, it's still going on. But, you know, the Lightyear came at a time when we were still getting reacclimated to theaters, and at that point, Disney had already, even up until earlier that year, told audiences that Pixar movies will be coming to streaming and they're not theatrically based. So, yeah, that had something to do with it. But, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's like there were movies that people went out to see in theaters. People went out to see Dune. People went out to see, um, uh, what was the the other big one? Spider-Man No Way Home. People went out to see Venom 2. Like, people, if there's a movie that's good enough, people would go out to theaters to see them. You didn't get that with with this. And does that mean that the 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 audience is waking up to we don't want these sequels and massive franchises and I think that's kind of where we are. I think kind of where we are is that we talk about the death of the superhero movie. I I, I don't think that we're looking at the the comic book bubble bursting. I think we're looking at the IP bubble as we as we establish it as it's been established uh, bursting. Where it's like yeah, we've had 10, 15 years of some of this shit. Like, can we get something new? And I think that that's why there's some renewed interest in Gunn's DC Universe. Why there's some renewed interest in, in some of these other things. It's like, look, let us see something different. Let us see something new. 
give us something here that's different to talk about. It's not the same seven movies over and over and over again. It's like, oh, look, we're... But I think this is a, a huge mistake by Disney. I think Disney would have been better off trying to reestablish new IP. You're not always going to have a hit. But your budgets don't have to be $200 million every time. That's the issue. The, the budgets on these movies are too high. Bring the budgets down, and you're good. Like, if, if a movie is good, audiences will go out to see it. Audiences went out to see Guardians of the Galaxy. Audiences went out to see... Um, what was the other big one? Um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And, and it's not always a perfect case. Like, the Marvels is great, and people didn't go and see that. But, you gotta take these risks. You can't just do... Like, you can't just go in and be like, Well, what made money last time? Let's do that again. Because eventually, you get down the line on a Predator movie, or you get down the line on an Alien movie, you get down the line on any of these things, and it's like, well, what about that? And, and, and Percy Jackson should have been the perfect example of this. Where it's like, Percy Jackson gets renewed for season two, because that first season did gangbusters for Disney+. Plus. It had the strongest launch of any Disney Plus show. Because you're doing a good adaptation of a beloved property. Try that. Do more of that. But I digress. Like, I, I think this is a harbinger of bad things to come for, for, for the entertainment industry as a whole. Uh, one final little tidbit in our in our five news stories of the week. Matt Shackman has seemingly confirmed Pedro Pascal as Reed Richards in an Instagram post, but has since deleted his entire Instagram account. Um, last week at the box office, uh, Argyle held at number one with $6.5 million. Lisa Frankenstein take, took number two with $3.8 million. The Beekeeper took number three with $3.4 million. The Chosen one, uh, the Chosen season four, episodes one, two, and three, the Fathom event, took the fourth place with three point one five million dollars, and Wonka fell to number five with three point one two million. Coming to theaters this week, we have Bob Marley One Love, which is the biopic about Bob Marley, obviously, life and times of the legendary Jamaican musician, and Madam Web, which is doing everything in its fucking power to uh, speed up the explosion of the comic book movie bubble. This week in expanded collection, we have the Marvels. Uh, hitting DVD and Blu-ray and 4K. Uh, we have The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Stakes also hitting. And we have Priscilla with starred um, Jacob Elordi as Elvis and Kaylee Spaney as Priscilla Presley in Sofia Coppola's newest film. Um, so, we'll wrap up there for today. Now, we will be cutting right over from here to uh, our discussion of uh, Dune Part 2. So, go on over to that. Uh, it, well, not going over to that. It is going right from here. Uh, and then from there, we should be going to the Deadpool 3 trailer. So, take it to me, uh, from yesterday. Okay, so if I did this right, we are now at the end of the episode where I am going to talk about what I saw just now, having seen Dune Part 2. Not, <clears throat> let me rephrase that. I didn't see Dune Part 2. What I saw was a preview event they were doing for Dune Part 2. Um, and when I say preview event for Dune Part 2, what I mean is they did a reissue of the movie. Like, they did this a few years ago with Avatar as well. They reissued the movie theatrically in premium format to refresh people because not everyone's me and has seen Dune multiple times since it came out. Um, so what this was is a way for you to be like, hey, I haven't seen Dune in a while, let me refresh before... 
the movie comes out next month, and um, one of the things they did to try to entice people to go see it was they included a new clip from part two, um, and I gotta say, like, I enjoyed doing a lot, and I watched it again this time, and I was like, I, I still really enjoy this movie, um, and the effects do look really good, and the effects do hold up, but it's kind of that same thing with Avatar, where when I saw the Avatar reissue, um, I was like, oh, this movie holds up surprisingly well, and granted the 4K transfer where they upscaled it and they redid some of the effects, so it looks really good, uh, but I'm like, oh, this movie holds up surprisingly well for being, you know, almost 15 years old, I mean, it would be closer to 10 at that time, but the movie holds up well, so... To, to get to this, and, and then you see, like, you know, the clip at the end from The Way of Water where, where the son is talking to the whale, and it's like, oh, holy shit, that, you know, if this is what we're dealing with now, this is something that's going to be huge. And I remember saying that when I when I came back and thought, I was like, oh, holy fuck, like, that is something that is, is very different. That's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, Dune, it's only been three years. So the effects aren't that different, but they're 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 improved enough where you 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 can you can see the physical difference between what it was before and what it is now, um, and it looks great. And the scene in question is for those who who want it spoiled. I mean, it, it's it's in the trailer. Like uh, it was in the first trailer. Um, as part of why I love that first trailer for for part two so much is the first trailer ends. For, for the original one, with with Paul and, and Jessica at the bottom, like, of this rock face with the fucking sandworm bearing down on them. And it's a moment of fear for these two characters. The second trailer opens with Paul learning to ride the sandworm. And that's the scene they showed. It's the scene of Paul learning to ride, the, doing it, not learning to ride, but, like, the test of you're going to ride the sandworm for the first time by yourself. Um, and you're going to, and that's going to be your moment where... You are fully acclimated into the Fremen. And they do such a great job with this scene. And it's a key emotional part of the movie, don't get me wrong. Like, it's not like the scene in, in Avatar where it's... I don't want to say inconsequential, but it's not a huge scene. In the, in, it's a great scene for showing off the effects, but it's not a, a huge scene in the context of the movie, I don't, if I remember correctly. Um... But here we have this this fucking, you know, this scene. This is a huge moment for Paul. And they nail it every step of the way. It's like, if you went into this having not read the book and saw part one and then went to this and, and we're trying to figure it out, you can figure out everything about Paul's relationship with Cheney. You can figure out everything with Paul about, you know, what's going on there. And there are a few things that still bother me about this movie. Like, like I, watching it again, it's like... And, and this is coming from someone who listened to the audiobook version of it. Like... They don't pronounce things the same way as the audiobook. Like, C-H in the audiobook is pronounced Seech in the movie. Um, Chani is how they pronounce it in the movie. Uh, the book pronounces it Chaney. And I think even the the movie, the first movie from 1984 with uh, with Kyle MacLachlan pronounces it Chaney. Um, it's just one of those weird things where it's like, that's a, like, okay. It, like, it, it just, it, it's little things like that. It's like, it doesn't match up with the way it was the first time I encountered it. Um, so it is what it is. Um... Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very much as excited as I was before about this. Like, it, it didn't do anything to harm my interest, um, but, like, seeing that, I think the issue is, I think they didn't pick a great scene for that, 
because that scene was used in the trailers already. Um, and we and you basically get what that is like from that trailer. I think they could have done done slightly different had they gone with um, the scene where we were introduced to Fade. That would have been cool, and that would have built hype to let us get to know Fade a little bit. Um, like, I, I think that's really the only thing I could think. I think they could do, or the reunion with with Gurney, like a full version of that. But I get why you go with this. You want something that's going to show off the effects. And you're not going to show the third act off. Because on the off chance that someone hasn't read the book. Um, or looked at the spoilers for themselves. You don't want to spoil it for them in a preview event. Um, so I do get why you would go with this. Um, and, and I do... I'm looking forward to this movie. Um, and I, I, I've been on the record about that. Like That's something where it's like... There, there are movies that are like benchmarking out the year. Where it's like this. It's Furiosa. It's, it's Deadpool. And then it's, um, wow, that's it. Yeah, because there's no major November release this year that I can think off the top of my head. I mean, I guess Wicked. I don't know, but uh, Wicked doesn't have that same level of like, oh my god, this is the next movie I'm going to be like, yeah, let's go. Like, right now I'm all in on Dune, and then it goes right to Furiosa, then it goes right to Deadpool 3, then it goes to, or Deadpool and Friend, or whatever the hell it's called, um, or... And then there, there is nothing after that until it's like, oh, am I just locking in for fucking Captain America early next year? It's possible, but we'll see. Um, yeah, because even Craven and, and, and Venom don't interest me. Um, but yeah, we'll wrap up there. Uh, so if I'm right from when I'm recording this, I'm recording this on Saturday. Tomorrow I'm recording the main episode that this is being attached to. And then either Sunday evening or uh, Monday morning, depending on time and how tired I am after the Super Bowl, we'll be doing the Deadpool 3 one, assuming that you put the Deadpool 3 trailer out during the Super Bowl, which I think is a great opportunity for a troll move to not put it out and then put it out Monday. Um, to, to use the TV air spot to be like, we have a trailer coming tomorrow. Um, that would be a fantastic troll move, I think, um, and a very Deadpool thing. So we kick it over to that, um, unless the Deadpool trailer doesn't happen, in which case, have a great rest of your week. Okay, and I'm going to record this on my way to work in the morning because I'm tired. Uh, last night's game went long. I was going to do it at halftime, but it's one of those things where it's like this happens more often than I'd care to admit, where it's like the, the, the Lady Gaga halftime show happened a few years back, and I'm sitting there watching it, and it's like... Uh, how much Lady Gaga am I going to know? And then they start going through and you're like, oh, shit, I actually know a lot of Lady Gaga. Um, so it's like, oh, shit, all right, well, let's see what happened with Usher. I saw someone said it's like the opening beats of, yeah, it's like it's like uh, Awakening the Winter Soldier for Millennials. And it's like it's one of those things where it's like I was setting up my stuff to record during the halftime show, and then that came on, and suddenly I, I like, I, I snapped to attention, and I was texting one of my friends, and I was like, instantly a wave of nostalgia back to fucking prom, and uh, she was like, yeah, it's like, you know, like, middle school dance, junior high homecoming dance, and then prom, it's like, this is all that music, and it's like, god damn, the, the best thing about aging is that the, the halftime show gradually becomes the music you were nostalgic for. So I can't wait for it in five years when fucking 
we get Fallout Boy and, and My Chemical Romance doing it. Um, but regardless, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, that's the explanation as to why this episode's late. Because I was going to do that, and then I was like, alright, so I'll just do it in the morning. And then I woke up and I was like, I, I'm tired, I have to get to work. Uh, so, I'm uploading this episode at around 1 o'clock in the evening, because it's going to go up um, around the time that I'm on my lunch break. Um, at work, so around 1 o'clock, 1.30 is when we're going to have this thing happen, and one of the things, I'm, I, like, this is going to evolve from being just Deadpool 3 to some of the other trailers that were also shown, um, I think that it was a questionable choice for Marvel to put the Deadpool 3 trailer before the game. That was I, I don't think that was the best place to do it. Like the other big trailers, Twisters, uh, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, and um, and and Wicked, had their trailers in the first quarter because by and large your largest viewing audience is going to be around the halftime show and in the first quarter because and 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 it's the most valuable space because the the issue is if the game becomes a blowout, people will start turning it off. Like, if it gets to the point where it was, like, what was it, Denver got blown out, like, 2013, like, almost 10 years ago at this point, I feel like, was when Denver, like, the first Super Bowl that Peyton Manning was in, Denver got blown out, and it was not a good game. Um, if, if it's that situation, people will start turning the game off, which means that the ad space later on is worth less. This one worked out, because it went to overtime, and it was, a, it was toward the end a great game, in the beginning not so much, but I think that... Disney would have been better served paying a little bit more to have the game, the ad run during the game. And I get you you did it like it's not like it was in the pregame show, but you did it there. Um, so either way, we have Deadpool three. Um, I'm optimistic about this movie. I think what we're going to end up with is this is going to be and and, and there's been rumors about this for months. I'm this is nothing new. This is going to be the No Way Home of the Fox universe. Um, the, the, the Fox, and, and look, but we see the set piece where Deadpool is fighting around the, the giant destroyed 20th Century Fox logo, which is, you know, like, I said it, I said when that set picture came out, that's going to be the void where, where, where they went to in episode five of Loki. And here's the thing that I'm curious about. Um, and, and bear with me on this, because I, I know this is going to come off as a little bit, you know, petty, but we talk about how there's this thing where you don't have, like, people said the reason why they sat out the Marvels, and they said it was part of the reason why it was, because I don't want to have to watch two seasons of TV to understand what's going on here. Well, it seems like you're going to have to watch two seasons of TV to understand what's going on here, because this is very much a direct sequel to Loki. Like, and then, by extension, this is also a sequel to Quantumania. Like, because Loki Season 1 hands to Quantumania, hands back to Loki Season 2. So, we're, we're getting to a point where it's like, okay, this is all interconnected. That's cool. The And that's what people want. And it seems like we're building towards something. But the issue is, it's like, I think we're going to reach the point where it's going to, where what happened with the Marvels is going to become painfully apparent. There were certain people 
who were not happy about the makeup of the cast of the Marvels. And they decided that we're at this point now where people code things. You can't just outright say, I don't think you should see this movie because the leads are oh, three women, one of which is black, one of which is, is Pakistani. Like, it's, you know, they're not, they can't say that outright anymore because then you're just racist. you got to code that in. So I think that what happened was they, they came up with the narrative. you got to watch all this other shit to understand what's going on here. And that was something that resonated with people. That was something that people were like, oh, well, that's a problem. Because the same issue existed for other stuff. The same issue existed for... And, and the thing is, too, it's like my dad um, watched Iron Man, Iron Man 2. And then that was it. And then he was on a flight, and he sent me a picture, and he's like, look what I'm watching. And it was Multiverse of Madness. And I'm like, oh, so you're jumping right in with Doctor Strange 2, not even Doctor Strange 1. And, you know... <laughs> So he's like, what do I, like, so he gets like, I liked it, but what do I need to watch to fully understand what's going on here? And then I'm like, well, let's get into that. And it's a fuck ton of stuff. This is a weird situation. Now, do I think it was a, like, do I think there were a few questionable choices with this trailer? Yes. I, I think that it was a, and like, I think it was an odd choice that the trailer doesn't lean into the fact that this is going to be a major event for, you know, uh, for, for it. Like, we get Pyro in the trailer, and we get Wolverine in his costume. Um, like, that's cool. The, the question is, like, is this going to be a, a major, you know, like, this is going to be a major event. And there's a reason why Marvel is willing to forego all other releases this year because there is a world in which they they definitely could have put out Captain America this year. Like if, if Captain America is coming out in February, um, and it was slated for release up until very recently in July of this year, th there is a world in which that movie could have come out this year. There's nothing stopping that movie from coming out this year. I don't think besides the fact that they, you know, they want to give it as much time for polish and all of that as possible. The issue I have is, and then also, I don't think Fantastic Four is meeting its date, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the, the issue I have watching this is, you know, lean into that. This is a TV spot that's with the Super Bowl, so you are here to get the casual audience in. Because there is no more casual audience than the Super Bowl audience. This is a great trailer for people who like the MCU, who have already bought in. You need to make a trailer that's going to make people who haven't bought in in a while buy back in. Because let's be real. Like, I didn't hate everything Marvel did last year. I enjoyed, um, what's it called? The only thing I really outright didn't like, and, and, and like, category was like, nah, not, not for me, was, and I think it, it's, most people were that way, was Secret Invasion. That was the only thing from Marvel last year that I was like, eh, not great, moving on. I feel like this was a situation where you could have leaned into it a little bit more. This should have been the trailer two for Multiverse of Madness. The the trailer that had the debut of, of Patrick Stewart. Where it's not, you don't see Patrick Stewart, you just hear him 
say to 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 Doctor Strange, we should tell uh, say to Mordo, we should tell him the truth, and it's unmistakably his voice. And look, I I, I get that Wolverine's there, but the title tells you Wolverine's gonna be in it. The movie is called Deadpool and Wolverine. Like, I I think Wolverine and uh, uh, Deadpool and Friend would have been better, but. Deadpool and Wolverine is a solid title, but it tells you what the big reveal of the trailer is. It's like, there's Logan. Like, congratulations, we knew Logan was going to be here. The announcement of Deadpool 3 came with the reveal of Logan. That Anyone else remember, like, a year ago, two years ago, maybe, there was that big reveal where he, he's, uh, he slices the, what's it called? Like, the, where it's... The, the reveal for the logo is it's Deadpool's logo sliced by, by Wolverine's claws. And the video is uh, Ryan Reynolds sitting down writing in a typewriter, and he's sharing the house with Hugh Jackman. And he's like, hey, Hugh, do you want to be in, a, in Deadpool 3? And he's like, yeah, sure. Like, that, that, that's how they did it. Like, that, the reveal of this was that. So, if you want to get people on board, it would depend on who's in the movie. Who are the X-Men? Who are the Fantastic Four who are in the movie? That will make you go, oh shit, they're back. And I think part of the problem is, I don't think there's a casting that is in that realm. Like, I don't think there's a casting from the X-Men movies that stands out as, oh, holy shit, they're here. Because unless you're bringing back Kelsey Grabber, and we already had that in the Marvels, who else are you bringing back that you're like, oh, this is perfect casting. And I think that what we're going to deal with is, I don't think we're dealing with the new X-Men cast. Like, I wouldn't expect Jennifer Lawrence. I wouldn't expect Gabe uh, McAvoy. I wouldn't expect any of them. But it's like, who, who are we expecting in this movie? Like, and I don't think Pyro's it, because I watched that trailer twice, and I was like... And then it's like, I, it wasn't until I saw it online, it's like, Pyro's in the trailer. I'm like, oh, that's who that guy was. He was Pyro in X-Men 2 and X-Men 3. Like, you need to get bigger with these things. You have to get more on board with these things. And and hopefully when we get to the TVA stuff, which is going to be the big thing that, oddly enough, you would think would... For people who had a, a sticking point where it's like, oh, i got to watch the Marvels to understand who Miss Marvel is, which, you know, not really. Um, but for those people, like, the TVA seems to be a major part of this movie. Um, are they going to... Ex- and, and, and I have confidence they will. They've done enough of that before where they've explained what's happening in the TV shows in a concise enough way where it's like, okay, we're all on board. Like, it all makes sense. And, and, and I'm not overly concerned about that. What I am mildly concerned about is, um, you know, not mildly concerned, that's the wrong word, but I'm hoping for a comment about the TVA being like, I don't know what the fuck's going on with these timelines. Like, it is nonsensical what's going on here. Like, and maybe that's part of what they're bringing in uh, Deadpool to fix. It's like, we need you to help straighten out the timelines. Um... And I think this is going to tie in a big way to Kang Dynasty, and I think that if Kang Dynasty is not still the name of the movie, I think we get a, uh, a, a title for Avengers 5. And I think that, you know, Avengers 5 very well could be called, you know, Avengers vs. X-Men. Like, if that's the incursion, is the X-Men universe in doing an incursion with the, what's it called, doing an incursion 
MCU, like, that could be interesting as a title. Like, and then that could cause a Secret Wars. It's that incursion. That would be cool. Um, but, who knows? Yeah, I guess think that this trailer could have done more to sell to the general audience. Like, like I'm thinking back to, like, the, the big uh, second Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, which I think also was during a big game. It wasn't the Super Bowl, but it was a, a reasonably large event. Um, and when they pre premiered that trailer, it's like, this is meant for a wide audience. So here is the return of all of your villains that you're looking for. Here's Sadman, here's Electro, here's, you know, here here is what our Sinister Six is going to be, basically. Like, it, it, it works better for selling to the general audience what it's going to be. Um, but we don't have that here. Like, that, that that's an issue, I think, is that I don't know how much, like, I know people who are, are fans are pumped for this movie. I don't know if people who are going in off the street, who are seeing this Deadpool teaser, are 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 pumped for this movie. And that's a problem. If, if you're not getting the general audience on board, then what's the point of this? And, and, and again, I don't think that hiding the cameos in a movie like this, if, if reports are true, is the way to go. I don't think it's the, the way to do it. Um, Wicked looks great, though. I'll say that. Wicked looks great. Uh, it's one of the most well-known musicals of all time, so it's a little baffling to me that they're hiding the fact that it's a musical in the trailer. Like, I understood it for Mean Girls. I understood it for, like, for Wonka. I mean, Wonka, not really, because the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is a musical, but I, 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 the color purple, I kind of get, too. Um... It's just, I don't get it in this case. Because Wicked is an adaptation of one of the biggest musicals of all time. Like, if not the biggest. I mean, I probably laid Mrs. Bigger at this point, but... At this point, it came way first. But it, I feel like that, like it, it's an odd choice to, to not market it as a musical. I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Um, and then Twisters, I never saw the original Twister, because it came out in 96, and I was two years old. Um, I remember it being, like, a weird thing to be background radiation in your life, where it's like, it is this day where it's like you would go to Blockbuster to, to rent a movie, and it's just perennially there on the shelf. Like, it, it's just, it, it never went away. Um, it is cool, I mean... Daisy Edgar Jones, David Corn Sweat, I'm here for it. And I didn't see the the, the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes trailer, um, so I can't speak to that one. But, I mean, look, Deadpool 3, I think it'll be good. I just think that this trailer was the wrong way to market it. Um, but on that note, we will wrap up this, a very long episode of 30-Minute Reviews, because I think now we're at an hour, because we had the half-hour regular episode, then we had the 10 minutes of Dune 2, and now the almost 20 minutes of this, so it's an hour-long episode this week, um, so hopefully that makes up for the fact that the episode's a little late, um, but, uh, but yeah, we will wrap up there for today, and until our next episode, uh, which will be next week, same time as always, uh, 9 a.m. Monday morning, have a great rest of your week.